Today's episode of the Closeout Podcast is brought to you by Matthew Hargrove's Human Anatomy class because, yeah, he missed an episode, but might have just yeah, passed his Matthew exam. Matthew is, is back in the game. It was not looking good, um, but now there is a slimmer of hope thanks to this app. I don't even know the app's name, but all of my questions were, were on Quizlet. They were from Quizlet. And this app, all you had to do was take a picture of the question. It found the answer in like two seconds. It's so, absolutely, it's unbelievable. You yeah, were telling me, I, so me and Matthew went on our quarantine Sonic runs that we've been doing. And he was telling me yep. all he had to do, his brother would put the camera up and like just take a picture of the question and it would pop yep. up. I feel like an old man right now because I don't know about True this. True or false? You know, true or false or multiple choice, it, it would find it. It doesn't matter. It would, it would just uh, tell you like what it was. Yeah, it would, it would say the exact answer. Yeah. There were That's a couple incredible. that they couldn't find, and I just – I would be like – I would tell myself, okay, I'm just going to put C and move on because I don't have time uh, time to focus on the questions I don't know, obviously. <laughs> hey, all that matters is you're back on the podcast now. It was sad. Dude, it was yeah. so sad doing it without you. You know, I'm cel- I got my glass of wine tonight because I'm celebrating the fact yeah. that Matthew Hargo is back on the podcast. Well, you were you were getting pretty frantic on the on the episode that you did by yourself. So I'm glad you got some wine to calm you down. And plus, maybe I can go on some rants and you can save your voice tonight. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. This is this is the best part of the podcast. When you are heated, I don't even have to say a word. Yeah, I'll, I'll just, go on for 10 minutes. You'll, you'll that's finish why the they're podcast. an hour long. But when you came to me and said, hey, let's do a podcast together. I don't think you, you thought that they were going to be an hour long. You were thinking, Oh, these are going to be, you know, quick 30 minute things and, and they'll be, you know, short, but no, you can't have that. When Man, I go we on. can't, we can't finish less than an hour. I'm like, um, I'm, I'm certain yeah, it's, about it. it's almost impossible, but I want to hear your opinions on Jalen green. Also Woj, we got a Woj bomb today. I haven't had a Woj bomb. I haven't had a Woj bomb. And like, <laughs> That sounds like you're going to the bathroom. Like, bro, I, I just dropped a Woj bomb. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> and, uh, no, we are not, we are not doing that. <laughs> we are not doing that tonight. We're not dropping Woj bombs in the bathroom. <laughs> no, we're talking about Twitter when we say Woj bombs. We already spent an entire episode talking about a Johnson. <laughs> we, we said Johnson about 100 times two episodes ago. So when we're talking about Woj bombs, we will refer to Twitter. So are you. So I also have my basketball conspiracy that I'm coming to you with. Oh my goodness. Yes. I didn't, I forgot. I forgot. I didn't hear that last week. I'm excited. I'm very excited about that. And then we got the heat Mavs. We watched it. We took notes and we're here. Game to, six. Oh, hold on. Hey, I'm like right in the middle of the podcast right now. Are you serious right now? What is your problem? Hey, Matthew said, what is your problem? I think you should put this in. I can ask you a question. I can get really good insight. Okay. Uh, what is uh, Russell Westbrook's position? He is the center. <laughs> Survey says. Oh, I'm so sorry, Sarah. You missed it. Incorrect. He's a and point we're moving guy. on. Very far away from a center. Jimmy, tell her what she's won. 
absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> All right, talk to you later. All right, bye. Man, I did not mean to embarrass her like that, but I think I might keep it in. That was awesome. Well, I'm, to... I'm disappointed. I, I've known Sarah for a long time. Did she just said Russell Westbrook's she, a center? I mean, the amount of basketball that we have forced her to watch, you think she would know that Russ, the, look at, looking at him, he's a point guard. But right. a center? And like, I, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I think before I can – continue in our relationship anymore i have to make her take like basketball 101 102 103 104 and 105 yeah like she's got to at least know the basics of the game that yeah i mean if if it was me i would have broken up with her on the spot but i know you're a better guy than that but hey the mavs heat game i cannot wait till we talk about that 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 game was just so interesting the way interesting the way it played out Dirk Nowitzki going like one for 12 to right. start the game. Oh, yeah. Insane. And then Jason Terry going off. I was surprised. The most surprising part was that, that the Heat, with like five minutes left in the fourth quarter, was down by seven. They should have been down by 20 the way they were playing. But we'll, yeah. we'll get uh, we'll more get all into, into that. that later. And then we're going to get into some quarantine recruiting. And then at the end – we're bringing my dad on to talk about this Jordan documentary. I know I got into it a little bit last episode, but now we got some different perspectives. Matthew Hargrove has a much different perspective on sports than I do, and that's why this podcast works, because we can't agree on anything. And then my dad, you know, he's like 80 years old, so he lived through it. He's an old man. He lived yeah. through this era. So we're going to get a little bit of insight from the old man on this episode. But before we get into all that, Jim Nance. So let's go ahead and start off with this Jalen Green thing. I started off with the last episode, and I'm going to go ahead and give – Matt, I don't even think I've talked to you about this, and I don't know if you listened to the last episode, but basically Jalen Green decided he, – he's the top college uh, – top prospect going into college basketball. He decides he wants to go – he skipped college going to the G League. And on Twitter, because Matt, let's be honest – no matter what happens in life, you and me always get our news on Twitter. We get yeah. anything that we, any knowledge that we want to know off Twitter. Yeah. So I go to Twitter and people are saying that this is going to hurt college basketball. Jalen Green skipping college and going to the NBA G League is going to start a trend to where all these big time college players are going to are going to figure out a way to skip college and i think it's absolutely ludicrous that anyone thinks that this is going to hurt college basketball because college basketball it doesn't matter if they if they're the players are terrible there will always be people watching like when you look at march madness's uh, television ratings versus the NBA playoffs. March Madness blows it out of the water every year. I my, College basketball will never hurt because there aren't great players in the game. So I think that's ap absolutely ludicrous, but I, I wanted to hear your opinion on it. Yeah, well, I agree with you in the sense that people, the NBA is a player's game. People go to watch the NBA more to watch a 
specific player. With college basketball, it's about rooting for your team. So the argument for the top high school prospect deciding to go to the G League doesn't doesn't really do a huge effect on college basketball. But listen, Noah, he is getting paid. This dude, Jalen Green, is getting paid, I think, $500,000 just to go play in the G League. Are, now, you cannot tell me that there are more top prospects that are going to turn that down. These guys are going to be running towards that money. So you get all those players. Say you get 40 of the top 50 prospects going to the G League. College basketball views are going to go down, especially to the average college basketball fans who do only want to watch because of the players, want to watch the Zions or the R.J. Barrett's in college basketball. So I do agree with you that people are still going to watch college basketball because they like rooting on their team, and it's not like the NBA where it's, where it's so player – player favored but come on Noah losing 40 of the top 50 prospects to the G League are you kidding me the NCAA is in the corner and they got Mike Tyson which is the NBA swinging at them it's not looking good so what needs to happen is this the rule needs to go away just send the first year or excuse me send the players that are ready to go to the NBA from high school to the NBA don't make them go a year in college if they want to go to college make them stay 3 years that benefits college basketball because then again if you get a top prospect who wants to go to college you get him for 3 years it's not like you know you get Zion for 1 year and it's like oh man I you know, I, I really liked him at Duke, but I don't consider him a Duke Blue Devil, like a true Duke Blue Devil, because he was only there for a year, plus he got out in the Elite Eight. And then the high school players, they can go make their money. They can go in the NBA, and we can see them in games that matter. G League games, nobody's going to watch them. I, at least I won't. I'll tell you what, 40, honestly, 40 of the top 50 prospects can go to the G League and I will, I will not care for the G League one bit. I won't care who wins the championship. Uh, I just won't care. But this does a huge hurt on the NCAA, and it, it doesn't kill them because then again, you the, the fans in college basketball, they care about their teams more than the players. But, man, Noah, this is not looking good for college basketball, my guy. I don't think – see, I, I think you're thinking that because – Fans care about their team so much that that's just going to carry them the rest of the way. And I say it doesn't because they're losing so much talent. Potentially. Yeah, I I don't think we're ever going to agree in that aspect because I think you take the top 100 players out of college basketball right now, it's still the same thing that it would be with those guys. And to be honest with you, I a hundred percent agree with you. I've, I, I said it on the last episode and I don't mean to repeat myself so many times, but I wanted to see what you thought on this. I, there's no way that the NCA should keep this, uh, eligibility rule. What it is. It needs to be. These kids can go straight out of high school into the NBA. Absolutely ludicrous that it's still, it's stupid. Like Doesn't it's make still, it, it's, I don't understand like, how we went what's backwards. What's the reason why they do it? Is it to protect the players or is it to get better talent in college basketball? 
I just don't un- I don't understand it. I think for a while it benefited college basketball because these players weren't finding ways around going into the NCA. But I think with all of the rules and regulations that the NCA implement is implementing now, and it's getting worse and worse as time goes on. I think players are kind of like, "Yo, why would I go do yeah. this when I can just go?" And make money right away. I don't yep. have to deal with the NCAA. I mean, $500,000 as an 18-year-old. Plus, if you're going to the G League, a player probably would want to do that more because you're with an NBA organization. Yeah. The scouts are already look, they're looking at you more. Yeah, it's a I, perfect even, place even to be. Even if you were at Duke, I mean, you're right there with the team's organization. Plus, you're playing better talent. You're playing guys who who controlled the game in college basketball. Yeah. So this, this G league thing, man, it, it, it really benefits the, the top talent coming out of high school. Yeah. And I don't, I think that's, it's, I mean, it's kind of how baseball does it. I mean, yeah, it's exactly. No, in, in baseball, you can go straight to the MLB from high school. Then again, you have to go through the minor leagues, but like, that's what but he's still, doing. Yeah. Yeah, you're playing professional baseball. If you decide to go to college, you're there for three years. Plus, it makes more sense because the guys who are wanting their education, they can get it in three years. You can probably finish four years of schooling in the three years. I know it's hard. I know it's harder because you're playing a sport. But if you really care that much about your education instead of basketball, then let them have that, let them have that opportunity of going three years. Yeah. I mean, obviously they can choose, but the guy, I mean, the usually guys are going just one year and then to the NBA. No, I agree with that. I think that there is a major overreaction that people are having with this Jalen, with, with Jalen Green going straight to the G League, because I don't think by any means this is going to. I we we disagree on that. I don't think it's gonna hurt college basketball in any way. I think the NCAA needs to fix their crap, which everyone knows that. Literally anyone will tell you the NCAA sucks. Um, but I don't see it hurting college basketball in the long run because, like I said, you could take top time out and it'd be the same. But I definitely think the rule needs to change. But let's move on from that. And I know usually we're really good about this. We do college and then we do the NBA. Today we're jumping you know, all around. Wait, wait, hold on. Going back and say say you get, for instance, that most of the top 100 players decide to do that G League thing and you're watching a guy from Kansas who's their best scorer. Then it's hard to have the conversation of, is this guy? Like, say, say you get a guy out of the top 100, comes to Kansas, say – Okay. Okay. We're going through a whole spiel right now. So I'm sorry. I'm delaying the, what, whatever you're about to talk about. This may take a little bit. So say you're, say you have 70 of the top 100 high school prospects. They decide to go to the G league, a guy from Kansas. Well, that's unrealistic. A guy from 70 Kansas, of them would not do that. I, I don't know about that, Noah. Five hundred thousand dollars, Noah. I say like five hundred thousand. The seventy top prospects could not even. I I would say forty of them could not even make it in the G League right away. But, no, they're going to get that opportunity. Absolutely not. But continue. I'll let you. Do anyways, let's say seventy of the top high school prospects. Say number hundred decides he's going to go to Kansas, and he is balling. 
scoring 22.2 points per game, 16.8 rebounds. He's just lighting it up. Rather specific numbers, but keep going. But he's not playing as good talent. So the scouts look at that, and are are they going to tell themselves, you know, this guy, he he was doing good in college, but wasn't playing that good a talent because all the guys were in the G League. Is that going to hurt his draft stock? So then you got that playing into perspective. Maybe players want to go to the G League because it's going to hurt their draft stock playing college basketball. I'm confused at how it would hurt his draft stock. Because all the top talent is going to the G League. So he's not going to play as good talent in college basketball. My question is when you – and this is a stupid, very stupid question, but yes, um, if you go into the G League – you wouldn't get redrafted, right? Because you're already with the team. Well, no, well, no, you get drafted. So, I, I'm from what I understand, if you go into the G League, I don't know what team they place you in. They they may just place you with a, a random team, or I don't I don't know how they're going to do that. They don't have a now, G you League. Play draft. one year in the G League, and then you can get drafted by an NBA team. Okay. Yeah. I mean. So, Interesting stuff, fascinating stuff, Noah Litton. But I'm telling you, $500,000 to play better competition for an NBA organization? Woo-wee, man. That's, uh, that's a pretty good offer offer to have. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Don't get it's me like, wrong. I'll still watch my Oregon Ducks. I don't care. I don't care the talent, man. You could that's play- ex- Dude, that is exactly what I've been saying this entire time. I mean, like I, I know, but but for us now, you have to talk about the average college basketball fan. But the average college basketball fan is still a fan of their team. Like, yeah, if, but, like if Kansas is still the best team, but it, will he watch? I'm still gonna. Wise? Will he watch everyone else? Harker, He's not do you, watch do you, are you like? Do you watch college basketball because you're like, oh my god, these kids are in this, some of this, the teams this I do. Some of the teams I do. I would not have I would have not watched as many Seton Hall games if Miles Powell was not on the team. Same for Marquette with Marcus Howard. I no, you wouldn't have watched you wouldn't have watched those games if they weren't as good. I know you can attribute that to those people, but I don't know. I don't I, think I, I would have. I don't I, think I would have. Well, now we can, just, we can I, I mean it, it, Peyton Pritchard uh, best basketball player to walk the face of the earth behind Carmelo Anthony. I mean, I, I don't you, know if how are you this expected? is a lie, but I don't know if the average Oregon fan would have, have watched as many Oregon games if if Peyton Pritchard wasn't on the Ducks. My one question, how are you expecting to go into this field when you so confidently say that Carmelo Anthony and Peyton Pritchard are the best basketball players? <laughs> is there anyone better? I <laughs> I'm confused. Like I, I don't. I, I'm sorry. Like, like oh, I'm confused. Man. I mean, they're you, at least top just, five. Am I? You right? just need to. Hey, you just need to go ahead and move to Oregon. Like, it'll just benefit your <laughs> yeah, career right. so hey, much. Hey, Melo's out there in Portland, and then I don't know where Peyton Pritchard's gonna go. But you got your boy. You had your boys out there together for a little bit. I did. Peyton Pritchard. Yeah, I, that's why. Yeah, that's where I should have. Man, you didn't appreciate that enough. A gap year or something. Just bought an apartment out in Portland and went to Blazers and Oregon Oregon games. That would have been the life. Okay, can we move on now? Or are you going to absolutely? No, I'm done. Yes, yes. 
So we Woj got a wo- we got a Woj bomb. Woj bomb. I've been waiting for this from Twitter for a long time. For more than I more for a, a longer amount of time than I thought I would ever go without getting a Woj bomb. But he says, beginning on May first, the NBA is allowing teams to open their practice facilities to players in cities and states where local governments have eased stay-at-home orders. Matt, are we getting? Are we gonna get an NBA season? Because I think we're gonna get an NBA season. This makes me very optimistic, and I do not want to get too excited because I'm pretty sure they can't have too many players practicing at the same time in the gym together. But I think I also read something where a big reason why the NBA is doing this or a reason why the NBA is doing this is because they don't want their players working out at some random, I don't know, Globo gym, even though that's not a real gym. That's from the movie Dodgeball. What's a real gym? Uh, Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness. They don't want them going to a random Planet Fitness and working out there or a random rec center to, to get up shots there. They want them in an isolated, isolated place where they, they cannot potentially get the coronavirus or get, have a higher chance of getting COVID-19. Yeah, uh, average gym. That's not that's not a real one either. But I'm just I'm throwing out random gyms. No, for some I know reason. I know what you're saying. I think this is very very optimistic. Like I'm very optimistic about this because if we can get these guys in gyms now, maybe in a couple weeks we get practices. Oh, gosh. And then if we can get practices for a couple weeks, we're gonna get games without fans. And then when we get games with fans for without a for a couple weeks, maybe yeah. we'll get maybe we'll get the finals with fans. That oh, is man. that now, would be the perfect me... sequence of events. Yeah, no, honestly, now that you say it, I mean, a couple weeks. I don't think it'll be a couple weeks. It'll probably be a month. But if these guys are practicing there and they got their their whole roster practicing and and maybe playing some pickup, maybe two on two, and nothing comes out of any of the players getting sick then maybe Adam Silver starts to think, yeah, maybe we can get some, some full practices in for these teams and see if, if it remains constant. But this is, I mean, baby steps, baby steps, moving in the right direction. Big, big Woj bomb today. I'm going to be completely honest here. I have been waiting my whole life to be at the beach when okay. I – and, and watch basketball all day. Be at the uh, beach okay. and watch basketball okay. all day. So, I, was like, I was about to say, you've been to the beach before. So if you've been waiting your whole life to be at the beach, I mean, mission's accomplished, my guy. Like, wait, your life no, is, I'm, is complete. Last I didn't hear summer, the last part. Last summer I was at the beach when uh, the Raptors beat. What are you beat, talking about? Yeah, no, you're right. Week you were at the beach. I know because I drove to your house to drop off the Oregon jersey and you weren't there. Yeah, just to, well, just to clarify for our listeners, Matt and I had our finals bet. If the Warriors won, he would have to wear a Kansas jersey. If the Raptors won, I, have to wear an, I would have to wear an Oregon jersey. The Raptors win. I'm at the beach and Hargo sends me a video um, yep. walking his jersey up to my doorstep. Hargo, with the, uh, the to be honest with you, by Drake in the background. Yes, Hargo. Yeah. I think I think I just blocked that out of my memory. That's why I was like, man, I really want to watch basketball. I want to watch my team win at the beach. How about that? I want to watch. Hey, also, if they bring basketball back, do you think Clay and Steph are coming back? One hundred percent. 
if they can. And then they went, and then, and then, oh, they can't, they can't flip that season around. But I know Steph 100% because he was playing before they said, before they stopped the NBA. He he can't, he can't get the 51 Warriors in the playoffs though. Oh yeah, that's right. What are we thinking? So why would they, why would they even put him in in all this? Dang. We, we, our hopes went like from a way up here and then we just shot like right when you, well, I always forgot. I I keep forgetting the alien Warriors spent the entire year just sucking. They had, they got 15 total wins. (laughs) How do you like play in the final? I know they lost all this, but I want to (laughs) see how many teams have like been in a couple finals runs and then just won 15 games the next season. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, not uh, not many, but what if the NBA was just like, you know what, to heck with it. Every team's making the playoffs. We're doing it like March Madness. We're going to make a 30, 30 team bracket. You lose, you go home. How insane would that be? Oh, yeah. That would be, be so, crazy. That'd be so fun. Yeah, because you never know. Maybe the Atlanta Hawks all get together and they're like, boys, I know we've been awful all season, but it just takes us to get hot once. That would be that'd be a lot. That would be really interesting. I don't think fans would like it, though, because that's just not how the NBA works. People will be upset about anything. All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So I've been, I, I watched this game a week ago. And yes, sir. Yes, so sir. I'm trying, I'm trying it's to slowly Maverick seat game. We're moving on the Maverick seat game. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to slowly get back into it. But so I asked Matthew, I was like, let's rewatch a couple of games, a couple of finals games. And out of every finals game he could have picked, it would have been the last one that I would have chosen. Well, he me, says the 2011 NBA finals Mavs versus heat game six. Obviously we all know the Mavericks win. I have no idea why he picked this game, but after a while I enjoyed the game. It's just, it it is. It's an interesting game through and through. I have no idea why Matt picked it, so let's hear why he picks it. So the reason why is because I assume that everyone has been, you know, ESPN has been showing a lot of NBA Finals games from the past, and I've been seeing a lot of the Heat Spurs from you know, 2013, Ray Allen shot. I've been seeing a lot of that on TV. I've been seeing a lot of Celtics Lakers finals, but I have not been seeing a lot of the Mavericks heat. And this, this series is huge. Not enough people talk about it. I mean, Dirk getting his first finals, LeBron. I mean, people were talking about him, this dude being a choker, LeBron James being a choker. There is no way the Miami Heat, their first year being the big three, should have lost to this Dallas Mavericks team. Even though I really liked it, going back and watching this game, I really liked their bench, especially. I mean, Jason Terry went off in this game six. That's the reason why I chose it. I, I don't think enough people talk about it. This was a huge series, and, and, and it wasn't being shown on TV. So that's why we are talking about it. That's why I chose it. There yeah. you go. The, this game – is much I, I I think everyone should go back and watch this game because much more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be when I originally started it. Also, uh, wh- where did Matthew, you? Why am I watching this on a on a nice Saturday morning or something like it that? It was a Saturday morning. I, I and I thought I was wasting. it. I want to know where you watched the game. What outlet? Because did you watch the version that's on YouTube? Yes. And it's just like garbage resolution. Yes, it's terrible. You can barely tell. Look, yes. okay, so I started to watch it on YouTube, and I was like, I just can't do this. So I logged in 
to my girlfriend Sarah's uh, YouTube TV account. Did you know? Not does Sarah this, have NBA League Pass? No, but <laughs> she needs to. Uh, this could be a an ad for NBA TV or for YouTube TV because I just searched in 2011 NBA Finals Game Six. It popped it up, beautiful resolution, like I was watching the game live. So wow. I didn't have to watch it on that crap. Yeah, everything on YouTube was blurry. Hargrove, when I was watching the version on just regular YouTube, I was like, I don't even know who's scoring. Like I don't like I don't even know what's going on right now. So Yeah, I had to, I had to carefully listen to the names. I got to see it in high res. So I, I I saw every little thing and we're about to get into it. The first thing I want to talk about, uh just before we get into everything. So the Mavs hold LeBron to under twenty points in the first five games. So LeBron was not as much of a factor as honestly he probably should have been in these first five games. Come to game six, we're in Miami. The Heat should win this game. Yeah. And should win the next two games. Honestly, the it I think the I don't want to jump ahead, but in the final eight minutes, you know exactly who's gonna win, and that's the Dallas Mavericks. But I took a I took as many notes as I could throughout this game, and one thing that I noticed is Chris Bosh, and I don't have this the statistics in front of me, but he I think he goes seven for nine, and is just not missing any jump shot that he takes, and they don't go to him at all, which is confusing to me because he was he could have been such a big factor in this game, but they do not feed him at all throughout this game. And LeBron and D-Wade are just not getting it done. Yeah. yeah well, LeBron, this, is, this will go down, obviously, as his worst finals performance ever. He had, so he had 11 points in the first half, and there was a moment where there was like three minutes left in the third quarter, and he still hadn't had a bucket yet in the second half. I mean, his second half, him and Wade's was atrocious. They combined for eight points in the fourth quarter. And I, I love Bosch. And, yeah, they should have probably gave him the ball more. But you just want to live or die with LeBron James and, and D-Wade. You don't – you know, if, if LeBron James is, is missing, you don't want to give it to him because he's, he's arguably the best player in the world. I get that Bosch is not missing, but – when you look at it, he's, he's the third guy for a reason. He's not Wade or he's not LeBron. Live or die with LeBron James. But what, what was interesting was Eric Spolstra, in the third quarter, or he would have these rotations with LeBron James, and the guys on the court with him could do absolutely nothing on offense. I mean, he had Eddie House, who was okay. Eddie House was okay. But he had, like, Joel Anthony, Udonis Haslam. What are those guys going to do? I think this was before when they figured out that, man, we need shooters around LeBron James. Because all they were doing was triple-teaming him, and it's not like he could pass it out to anybody because Joel Anthony is just going to – I mean, it's going to be – 50 feet in front of the rim, my guy. So the rotations, the guys that he put with LeBron James was awful. What he should have did was he took Wade and Bosch out and just left LeBron in. He should have kept Bosch in. And those maybe he, he could have got more points there because James drives, gets the double team. Bosch is right there at the elbow for an easy jumper. He was making that the entire night. But 
you know, the Heat's bench was it was just not good. Um, uh, so there, there are three, three players on this team, and it's LeBron James, Chris Bosh, Dan, Dwayne Wade. There's two contributor contributors. I would say Eddie House and Udonis Haslam, and then well, everyone you know, else Mar- is Mario, everyone else. Mario's you, good. Mario, Mario didn't. Mario was okay at best. Joel Anthony has no business being on this team. I don't. I they. Yeah, he's. No I understand. They no paid. Defense, like, they paid awful. so much money for James Bosch and Wade that I understand they didn't probably have enough to get a strong center. But Joel Anthony was absolutely garbage. Juwan Howard is ten years past his prime. That's a, at least he looks like he is, and. This Miami team has no depth. This Mavs team this Mavs team is so deep. And then you got Jason yeah. Terry going eight for ten in the first half, and he does not slow down throughout the game. And he he's honestly one of the biggest reasons that this uh Mavs team went Mavs team wins. I know I know Dirk picked it up in the last quarter, but Dirk yeah. really wasn't a factor in the first three quarters. But what yeah. I wanted to talk about is LeBron. And, and it's so obvious in this game that LeBron and Dwayne Wade have no idea what their roles are. Like, you can tell LeBron is hesitant to take over in the game because he's really not sure if it's his team or not. And Dwayne Wade doesn't really know yet if he wants to give up being the man of the team. Yeah. And you tell you can even tell the next season that LeBron and Wade are like, all right, this is LeBron's team. And that's why they won the finals that year because Le- it, it was LeBron's team. If this if this season, if in the 2011 NBA Finals it was LeBron's team, it would have been a five-game series the Heat win because the Mavs really took advantage of the fact that LeBron and Dwayne Wade didn't really know their roles and were really ineffective. And this was just it – was, it was obvious in this entire game that the Mavs were going to win to me. Like – from the yeah, get they go, just, they looked more. They looked more poised, and do you think it, it? They just had more veteran leadership because I mean, you got you got Jason Kidd, and then you got Dirk, you got Sean who who has been an All Star, and then coming off the bench, you got Jason Terry. I think they just had guys who who knew how to control the game, and this was LeBron James. I mean, second finals, same as D Wade. So they're still kind of young. I know, and, and then again, this was Dirk's first. This was his first finals, or excuse me, second finals as well. Yeah. Um, but maybe they, or they, they just had more, more leadership, veteran leadership. But the pressure got to the Miami Heat. I was most surprised by that. Yeah, Dwayne Wade, if you remember, he dribbled off his foot. And then LeBron Dwayne Wade had like six turnovers had in a row. JJ. Yes. And then LeBron James had, I mean, basically a layup over JJ Barrera and just misses it. Higher goal. It was like, what is going on? And even Mark Jackson said something about, man, I think, I think the pressure is starting to get to the Miami Heat. I was shocked because that's exactly what it looked like. And, and that's why I say the Mavericks just – they were cool, calm, and collected the entire game, even when the Heat would go on some runs. But J.J. Barea, underrated in this game. And I'm pretty sure that 
he was even supposed to start. He wasn't even supposed to start that game. He ended up getting 15. Sean Marion had 12. Uh, Tyson Chandler, he's not a big scorer, but he's, I mean, he's a body. He's tall and lengthy. He's a good defender. And then you got Dirk's low start. But, I mean, when you got 27 from Jason Terry, you don't really need Dirk to go off. Hey, my 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 thing is, the one thing I wanted to ask you, did I forgot how ugly Sean Marion's jump shot is. Oh, it's disgusting. It hurts. Like, it yeah. hurts to watch. Also, yeah, I mean, he grabbed the ball, and right when he grabbed it, he just flicked it up there. Yeah, I, so the other thing I want to talk about, and you brought it, you kind of brought it up, Jason Terry owns Dwayne Wade in this fourth, especially in the fourth. Yeah. Jason Terry rips Wade, and then Wade dribbles off his foot with J- when Jason Terry's guarding him. It looks like Dwayne Wade, an NBA champion who's been in this position before, is scared of Jason Terry throughout this game, which makes no sense to me at all. LeBron is not assertive at all in this game. You know who the best player for a little for a while in this game was was Mario Chalmers defensively because Mario was getting deflections and steals throughout this game and was being a major force on the defensive end. And then you got on the on the offensive side of things. LeBron's not doing anything. Dwayne Wade's not doing anything. Yeah. And those are the two guys you have to have to be big in a game like this. Definitely. And I and I know you're not gonna like me saying this and I'm going to protect LeBron even though there he should not really be protected but I guess the only one thing I will say that helps his cause for kind of playing bad is the Heat had no shooters around them and they end up winning the finals next year and if you look at their roster two key pickups Shane Battier and Ray Allen who are two big shooters, and they end up winning the finals. I think that's when everyone realized, you know what, LeBron, when he drives, everyone collapses. You get some knockdown shooters, and you're going to win some some big ball games. Matt, who's a shooter on this on this team in this 2011 finals? For, for, for the, the Heat? heat? No, there's nobody. No, yeah, nobody. That's why I said maybe Eddie House. Yeah, like, not even. Do you, I mean, do you even consider Dwayne Wade? No. Like, a, a no. three-point shooter? Yeah. No, Dwayne Wade's a dynamic shooting guard who cannot yeah. shoot. Like, he just yeah. – he's his mid-range, his mid-range is strong. He has no I, – I don't think Dwayne Wade has any type of three-point shot. LeBron, at this point of his career, has no – three-point shot at all yeah honestly never, chris bosh could probably shoot a three better than lebron james oh and yeah Wayne. well chris bosh actually has a smooth he, he's kind of raw from Overrated like the top player. of the key Overrated player he, yeah. he when he would catch it just a couple feet behind the free throw line it was money. money yeah it was, it was money. money and another uh another big pickup that the heat got next season rashard lewis and he and he's a a big man who can shoot threes so three shooters that they got in free agency. Front office, Pat Riley did a great job with who he picked up. And obviously it worked out because uh, obviously they won two more championships back-to-back. So can we talk about the fight that happens in yes. this game? So this yeah. is the part that I wanted to talk about more than anything that I forgot about this finals is there's a little bit of a hold-me-back fight that could have escalated into something else. And they were talking about it throughout the game. They were like, I, the, the commentators were saying, I hope the NBA doesn't suspend any of these guys because I don't want this to affect game seven yeah. if it comes down to it. So what happens is 
there's a timeout and for uh Stevenson on the Mavs comes and pushes yeah, yeah comes and pushes Udonis Haslam and then Chalmers, Mario Chalmers runs in and pushes Stevenson and then they're throwing. I, I forget what they did. They were throwing tag. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of. It just was a whole, it, it was a hold me back fight. It was nothing. Yeah. But I forgot that this even happened in this yeah. game. And well, I you, think one thing that was really interesting to look at in this fight is I'm not sure if Stevenson really started it because. Oh, he totally did. Well, when I was looking at the replay, it kind of looked like because the Heat went on like a 14-0 run. They're getting uh, they they go up forty two to forty. Mavericks call a timeout. Right when they call a timeout, you got Haslam is kinda in front of Stevenson and he's kinda like waving at the crowd. But he's not just waving at the crowd; he's kind of mocking Stevenson. That's the way it looked. And then Stevenson gave him the shove. Stevenson- Look, you're watching. You're watching on this like twelve res <laughs> then YouTube. Again, I- I could barely tell it was Haslam. <laughs> I mean, they had to explain it to me. But the way it looked on the blurry screen, it looked like I was watching like an old Mario game, like with the blocks and everything. I mean, that's how bad the 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 television looked for me. But I'm so when I, so like when I was wa- when I was watching it on my clear resolution, what it looked like to me was the 4K. The 4K. Hey, did you know uh, real quick that? You to watch a 4K movie, you have to have a 4K TV. No, shit. yeah. So I uh, bought Justice League, and uh, 4K just came out when I bought Justice League, and I, I got so excited because I was thinking, man, I thought 4K just looked better on your TV, and I was like, how can it get any better than Blu-ray? Like regular Blu-ray. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, this is about to slap. It was a Saturday night, man. I got my popcorn. I got my Coke and everything. So in the 4K disc, they give you a Blu-ray. They give the Blu-ray, the, the 3 or I don't even know, 3K or I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And then they give you the 4K disc. So I go to put in the 4K disc, and it says, you must have a 4K TV. And I was so bummed out. I thought it just looked better on the TV. I didn't realize that you had to have the TV set with the disc. It was okay, though, because I just put in the blu-ray and it still looked good but anyways go back uh to what you were saying i just wanted to let everyone know that if you're about to buy a 4k disc make sure to get that tv too which i'm pretty sure nobody will ever make that mistake that's only a matthew harbour thing um i i don't know what we were talking about the fight whatever i'm i'm sorry resolution i'm gonna be upset I'm, I'm sorry i'm upset for you that you didn't get to watch the Justice League movie. It's okay. I got the blue. A, a very subpar movie on 4K res. Maybe it would make it a little bit better. But yeah, the fight. Look, it looked like Udonis Haslam was walking to the bench. Maybe if he is saying something to the, like hyping up the Heat crowd, Stevenson had no no place pushing him because he he did push him first, and then yeah. Mario runs in like an idiot, like an idiot mario just wants to be like the guy you know you know that guy who's like oh dude i hope i totally had your back in the fight but he knew the fight wasn't gonna happen that was mario in this and mario wanted no business stevenson has a tattoo like a teardrop tattoo stevenson probably would have dropped mario in five seconds so mario can't even act like this would have 
he, he would have joined in on this fight. Mario wanted no part of it, but I had forgotten that this fight was even a thing, so I, I wanted to point it out. What I do want to talk about is Dirk going 9 for 27 from the field. How how does he go 9 for 27, but still somehow come out of this game because of his fourth quarter performance? I thought he played great in the fourth quarter. And somehow when I think about this game, I'm like, oh, Dirk won them that game. I don't know why I think that, because Jason Terry won them the game. But Dirk is just remembered for this. No, he no, he really is. I mean, his mid-range in the fourth quarter was unstoppable. No one could guard him. But, you, I mean, yeah, you just had that. And then Jason Terry, I, I think, was knocking down a couple shots. And then Jason Kidd, I think, had a couple big threes. It may have just been one, but he was playing well. Uh, but just, all, yeah, all around, everyone played well that game for the Mavericks. And, and it was awesome to see Dirk make the layup to basically seal the deal to get him up by 12 with like a minute 30 left. I thought that I thought that was really cool. And just seeing him at the end of the game immediately go into the tunnel and just be o- overwhelmed with emotion because man, all these years and I finally got one. And what better one to do it against the team that beat you the first time you were in the finals? but you were supposed to lose to arguably what was supposed to be the greatest team ever assembled. That's just a really cool story. So a couple things I got out of this game, and I'm just going to list them off to you, and you can just tell me what you think. All right. The Mavs are a bunch of old white guys who beat the light. Like, I think they just were better than the the Heat. But when you look at them, you got Jason Kidd, J.J. Barea, Dirk, uh, and yeah, and the list goes on. Like these, how I I would have never expected that JJ Barea and Jason Kidd, honestly, were a better duo in this game than any duo that the Heat had because those two guys were just awesome in this game. And then we got, uh, I I, just I don't think, think this, they were. I don't think they were better. Like I don't think they were better. They just they played together better. That that's what I yeah that's like what oh, is that I, what you mean that's okay. what better is right well I mean, okay they played, I mean I, they played together wise, I don't know not talent I mean, if, in this game if, they if LeBron, if LeBron would have figured it out to take over I mean it would have been didn't. over five, he didn't so that's the, game, yeah, I guess that's the point I think JJ Barea and Jason Kidd were one of the better duo one of the best point guard duos. And like then I can remember out of guys that you wouldn't expect. Think about a point guard duo. JJ Barea and Jason Kidd were raw in this game. They were. Anyways, uh, this Mavs team is so well put together. It hurts. Like I don't know how they put this team together so perfectly, but it happened. And then a couple of uh, I'm looking through my notes here. Wants to put uh, yeah. Here's my last thing. Did, I don't know if you noticed this. Mario Chalmers just walks off the floor at the end of the game and stops playing defense when there's like a minute left. Yes, I'm I like, noticed that. I'm because, like, what if uh, I'm if I'm somebody on his team? I'm beating the life out of him in the locker room. Well, then Gundy, when the Heat weren't fouling, he was yelling. Why are they not fouling? I yeah. know they're down by 10, but they're still, you never know. Like, this is the last game of the season. It the was Heat just, just, the Heat just told themselves, it's over. We're, it we're, was we're done. One of the weirdest 
ends of a game that I've probably ever seen. It was like you have, like I just said, arguably the greatest team assembled, but they're just all out of sync. Like no one knows what's going on. It'll just go down as one of the weirdest finals ever. So let's go ahead and move on because we still got to cover so much. And I think we're already at an hour. If I'm thinking Uh, really quick, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. If you are a college basketball coach right now, how are you recruiting with the quarantine? Are you doing Zoom calls every single day to kids, or what are you doing? Well, first of all, I'm going to make sure my internet connection works because there's nothing more frustrating than a guy who wants to come to your team and he he doesn't know what's going on. So control your internet connection. Uh, The second is I think – you have to be a really good people person because I because talking to someone over Zoom can be really awkward, especially for the first meeting. Especially like doing the 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 class meetings that we did. You have to admit those were kind of awkward. Nobody talks. Yeah, nobody. Like, they're talks. so awkward. So I think you have to you have to really really be social with with uh, the player. What do I know? I'm, I'm talking like I, I'm talking like I have experience. No, keep going. Like, I love I, it. Like I, I love think, it. But I think those are the two main things, uh, other than paying them money. Um, uh, jokes, jokes, jokes. But not jokes. Make sure your internet connection is good. Okay. And act like it's normal. You crack some jokes. Okay. Be so goosey with them. Here's my thing. If I'm a college basketball coach during the quarantine, I'm sending uh, these kids copious amounts of money through un, unnamed uh, bank accounts, literally anything, any way I can get the money, I'm doing it. I don't give a <laughs> about what the NCAA this is from this the, the Jansis Jayhawks. <laughs> this is from the, the, <laughs> this, the Sil Belf account. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, what if it, what if somebody, a kid just got uh, money from a big bags, Billy Venmo <laughs> account. Like that's a, that's all it says. Um, I'm number hey, one. I honestly I'm, believe that the FBI would find out, but look, I'm going to be, I'm, I would pay kids more than I ever have in my life. I would send them as much money as they wanted. And if I'm a, if I'm somebody like Rick Bettino, who has in the past um, gotten entertainment for players? If if somebody like him is trying to keep it going, I don't I don't know how you do that. But maybe Rick Pitino gets Zoom dates for these kids, so they can have uh, instead of um, how Rick Pitino would get dates for these kids, maybe he does it over Zoom. So I say we move everything online. I think it'd it'd be fine. It would be a little awkward, but if you're giving a kid money and Zoom dates, I don't really understand how they're not going to be loving every second of it. Go as dirty as possible. Rick Pitino ask Calipari ask. uh, You know, you know what I mean. Uh, Coach K ask. Just do everything you can as dirty as you possibly can during this time. Take advantage. That's all I have to say about that. I'm gonna get into my conspiracy. Conspiracy of the week. Okay. Are you ready? Uh, real, real quick, uh, going to back to how uh, talking about how dominant that Dallas Mavericks team was. Yeah, let's just so go all they the way were back the, there. the fourth seed in the West. They beat the or excuse me, not the fourth seed. They were the third seed. They beat the uh, so they beat the Pelicans 
4-2 in the first round. Then they beat the Lakers. Was the Pelicans or were they the Hornets at that time? 2011. They may have been the Hornets. Yeah, they were the Hornets. Uh, So the Hornets – and then they beat the L.A. Lakers 4-0. They swept them with Kobe Bryant. Yeah, that's legit. Did Kobe get hurt? It makes you wonder if Kobe got hurt. Um, I don't remember getting him, hurt, him getting hurt that series. And then Western Conference Finals, they beat Young OKC with Durant and Westbrook 4-1. So yeah, pretty dominant what, run in yeah, the playoffs, beating Lakers and OKC. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm not taking away from anything that that Mavs team did. I think they were raw. Like yeah. I think they were tough. Definitely. But can I get into my conspiracy really yes. quick for yes. you? Yes. And then Go we're ahead. gonna bring my dad on. I'm gonna do it really. I'm gonna try and do it in under a minute here. So, okay. my conspiracy of the week has already been confirmed. It's Paul Pierce crapping himself. In the 2008 NBA Finals. That's the conspiracy. And that's what people have questioned for so long. So here's what happens. It's in the middle of the game. It's it's a heated game. It's, it's the 2008 NBA Finals against the Lakers. Big time game. Paul Pierce goes down. He's wearing a white uniform. And he goes down and has to get wheelchaired out of the stadium into the locker room. So he's getting wheelchaired out. Nobody's really sure what's happening, but as he's getting wheelchaired out, some trainers pick him up and the cameras catch something weird. There's a brown stain on his white shorts. So the the conspiracy is ma- so I'm sorry, I I got ahead of myself. So he goes into the locker room for a, a couple of minutes and then comes back out and finishes the rest of the game. Why would he have to go into the locker room? And then come on a wheel in a wheelchair, and then come back out a couple minutes later, completely fine and play. The conspiracy is Matthew Hargrove did Paul Pierce himself in the 2008 NBA Finals, and I have an answer for you this time because I know you would say, "Oh no, you are ridiculous. This is not true." Him, 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 pooping himself. Say it. Let me say it. No, you are ridiculous. Thank you. And uh, Hargrove, I have proved to back it up this time. Not only do the cameras get this throughout the game of him crapping his pants, but he even admits it on TNT. He says, I have a confession to make. I just had to go to the bathroom. I had to go to the bathroom. Somebody asked him, why did you need a wheelchair? Something went down that I had to clean up. So he is saying that he crapped himself in the 2008 NBA Finals, Matthew Hargrove. Conspiracy, boom, confirmed. I don't have to get into that any more than I already did. And I didn't even have to do much research on it because Paul Pierce already did all the research for me. He said it on live television. Hargrove, if I ever crap myself and then tell people on live television, never let me go on live television again because that means I will have lost my mind. But that's the conspiracy of the week, and it's the first confirmed conspiracy on the Closeout Podcast, Stranger Things in Basketball, and Hargrove can't even say anything about it. Let's move on, bring my dad on to talk about the Jordan Doc, The Last Dance. All right, so we got my dad on. I went and refilled my glass of wine for this part because this is probably going to be my favorite part of the podcast, talking about the Jordan Doc. I talked a little bit about it on the last podcast, but I was waiting for these two guys because dad, obviously, he's like 
80 years old, so he's he lived through it. He knew what was going on uh, during this time. Matt and I don't know as well, really, because we weren't alive during it. Um, but Matt also has a lot of opinions that I don't have, so I want to hear what he has to say. Overall, what did you guys think about the first two parts of the documentary? Well, you know, one of the things that, that struck me about it is that, you know, uh, uh, and I know people in my age range are the people that remember Jordan, but, you know, the, the one, the one, I think it was part one, you know, and they showed the game where Jordan had, you know, they make it into the playoffs with 30 some wins. It was his first, was it his first season? And, uh, and that Celtics team, that was an incredible Celtics team. And I think Jordan had 63 in that game or 60. The interesting okay, 62. Thing, yeah. And the, and the interesting thing is now that would have, I mean, that would have been probably one of the first years I paid attention to pro basketball. I mean, I would have been in the seventh grade, sixth grade, uh, uh, maybe eighth grade. I mean, I can't, I can't quite place the year. It was so and long. So, yeah, it's a long time ago, but it, it it gives you some perspective. Like you know, I mean, you know, I, I'm uh, my, your parents, like my, people my age. That's where we were when Jordan came into the league. Yeah, so people people older than us might remember parts of that even better. I thought that was. Now I vividly remember. I vividly remember the last season, the last dance, um, and the drama around it. And the uh, you just you knew you knew they'd win if they could stick together, and the Pippen drama, uh, the, you know, and they're going to get into the Rodman drama. But that team was uh, combustible, you know. Okay, so I, I talked to Noah about this the other day, and he thinks that Scotty Pippen did the right thing by sitting out instead of getting his surgery done over the offseason. But I think it was a bad decision because, listen, this is your guys' last year, and they got off to an awful start, which if we look back at it, it doesn't matter. But I've always been in favor of if you can get healthy, you play. I don't care if you're complaining about your contract or anything like that. But then again, Scottie Pippen has won five championships. So more people are because of that. Here's my hypothetical question for you in that situation is, I'm going to bring it back to your favorite player, Carmelo Anthony, in his prime. And let's say he's in the Scottie Pippen situation where he's severely underpaid and he, it, the owner is like Jerry Krause. And obviously Melo would have – like speaks out like Pippen did and just absolutely hates him. And is like, you know what? I'm going to sit out until I get the money I deserve. I, I know you don't even have to answer it for me. You would be like, you know what? This is the right move for Melo because he's going to – I guarantee he, you I wouldn't. I don't but think you support Melo going to the Knicks to make all of it um, – to make the money. Like, that's what – that's the same thing as sitting out for a year because he literally – he wasted is it so many – he wasted so many years basketball. of his career. You – you're, you that's ridiculous he wasted so many years of his career playing for a team that he knew he wouldn't knew wouldn't ever win so that's he can make lot. all that money but, but we don't we, we can but, move on from this but the look you know the, the the fascinating thing about this is this was taking place in a time where the uh the players didn't have the same kind of power that they have 
the players did not run the league. And so, you know, it struck me watching that, you know, with the perspective now of how much, how much power player, players have in the NBA, it, that was non-existent. So in that way, what Pippen was doing was way ahead of his time, you know, just saying to mention, and here's the thing, uh, Matthew, I, I, you know, I love Jordan's, you show up and play. Like he wants to win. Like th- th- that is, you know, the things that he said in the first two, uh, two episodes of the documentary Sunday night are desperately missing from today's NBA. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he, he wanted to go out and, and step on your throat and crush you. I, the, the line that I couldn't get out of my head was, uh, you know, he's talking about how frustrated he is that Pippen's not there because he doesn't want to give anybody hope yeah to destroy people that doesn't seem to exist in today's nba there was an element of it with kobe my problem with kobe is um just the and and i know it's not cool to say but but there was a level of selfishness in kobe's game that was not existent in jordan's game i mean jordan jordan wanted to crush you so i don't blame pippen for what he was doing he was ahead of his time when you look at how underpaid he was in that situation. Now, the one thing they're going to get to, um, and they short-selled it. I mean, it, from those first two episodes, you think Scottie Pippen went on to live in a trailer park. Like, Scottie Pippen went on. I think Scottie Pippen made more money as a basketball player than Jordan did from the league. I mean, not, not, you know, not nearly as wealthy as Jordan, but his contracts were good. Like, you know, when he went to the Blazers and went to – so he made up for it. Yeah. But at the time, I think he really had an axe to grind, you know. Uh, and, and you know, in in today's NBA, the kind of relationship between Krauss and Pippen would probably be way more common than it was back then. So, I to me, he was one of the first guys to be like, "No, I, I'm empowered. I can do this." And so that's what was fascinating because I'm gonna tell you right now, no one in the NBA today can manage players like Krauss managed those guys. It wouldn't happen. Can you imagine somebody trying to do that to Draymond? You know, and I, I've I've been to a Warriors grizz game and watched how steve kerr has to manage draymond green like it's a different league so that was that's fast that's what fascinated me about the pippen thing yeah and i feel like a lot of people back up his decision to sit out and it's probably because he's got those five championships so everyone's feeling bad for him and i'm gonna throw in another sport something that recently just happened with Le'Veon Bell. He was sitting out because he wasn't getting paid, but everyone was knocking on him saying, listen, dude, you're getting paid. You're still getting paid way above the average of how normal people are getting paid, and and you're not going to play. That's just so selfish. But because Le'Veon Bell hadn't been to five five championships and won them all, people – People are gonna view it differently. So the I think story, they had a lot story, of and that's the thing. We we know that we know how the story ends. If Pippen sits out and they don't win it that year, it's a different story. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy that that sunk the franchise. You know, sunk yeah, he's the, the villain. He's the villain. But you know, we know they they came and won it. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That, that we're not that, at that part. What? <laughs> wait hey what what was your uh favorite part of the documentary though i know there's i know there's a lot to, a lot to take in just from those first two episodes you no know, 
it might have been that they uh it might have been that they used LL Cool J music for the highlights <laughs> of the Jordan. Okay. Because wait, wait, can I paint a picture real quick? Because I so, think it was LL. I think it was LL. It, his his. It was my first rap cassette tape. It was LL Cool J, and I can't uh-huh. remember. The, but the song was "I'm Bad," and it was great. And they played it when they're showing the highlights of Jordan putting sixty three on Larry Bird. By the way, Larry. You know what? You know this was my favorite part. Is you know that that is that Celtics team was so dominant, and you're watching those guys try to guard Michael Jordan. And see, that's that's why people always bring up the argument of man, if you put LeBron James in the '80s, he's dropping 50 every game. Yeah, but it's he wouldn't. Hey, Hargrove, he would not be the same guy. Slow. I he feel like, but it's Michael guy. Jordan. It's Michael Jordan. Hey, I got something for you. You know what? Scottie Pippen would hold LeBron James scoreless. Okay. Scottie Pippen, though, I, I mean, that's uh, that's probably, pro- pro- into the future. Hey, probably, so, probably one of the top top ten defenders in the history of the league. You know, I mean, I mean, so you put if you put if you put LeBron in that era, there are guys who could guard him. Scottie would have been one. You know. Um, so uh, okay. I, I attribute all of my basketball knowledge to dad and he was the one who showed me anything <laughs> that sorry. I know anything that I know about basketball and he co- he's been coaching for 20 plus years probably one of the Jeez. smartest basketball people I've ever met in my life oh my but God. there is no way that Scotty Pippen holds LeBron scoreless participation trophies you have in your your, your closet oh my I have goodness. no participation wait what are you talking about? I have no pr- number one I don't have any participation trophies maybe two but uh just joking I I I think there's no chance if you put those two players in their prime which I hate doing this because the way basketball is now is completely different than it was then. Maybe if Michael Jordan's playing now, he's still the best player because he is bigger and stronger than he would have been when he played during the 90s. But I think if you're like, hey, if you put if you put Pippen and Jordan both on their prime or Pippen and LeBron together both on their prime, I think LeBron dominates Pippen because LeBron in his prime is more athletic, bigger, stronger, faster just overall probably a better player than Pippen is during his time because basketball has evolved. That's why I hate I, the, the comparison. See, see the, the, but that's a group of guys and Pippen's speed and his length and his athleticism and his ability to guard, he, he, he translates, you know, and, and, yeah. and really, I mean, I thought he was, I think he was pretty skilled offensively. I, yeah. You know, Jordan doesn't win without him. I mean, no, I, you, no, you're right. That's obvious, yeah. you know, because because there's a rotating cast of characters around those six Bulls titles, but Pippen's always there. You know, he was always there. I mean, you you had the run with Grant, um, and and then and then they brought in, uh, uh, well, and and that's that's what's going to be fun is Rodman was crazy that year, and so I I guess my take from the first two and having lived through that era. Um, and, and, and watched all of those Bulls finals, like all of them, you know. Um, the Rodman stuff is crazy, and we haven't gotten to the good stuff. I think that's what I was thinking when I was watching that. You know, I don't know, what you, what did you guys I, – I got done watching that, and I felt sorry for Jerry Krause, the way he was portrayed, just because the dude's not even alive. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like he's not around to defend himself. And, uh, and I know he wasn't a likable character, uh, but guys like him, 
Like guys in the league liked him, and, and well, he did put the team together. Well, the the thing they make Jordan kind of look like in this because he says, "Hey, let's." He he was like, "Do you want to go out and do uh, layup lines? We'll lower the rim for you." And he's like, "Do you want?" Uh, Jordan was like, "I can give you some fat pills." Like Jordan looks like a total piece of crap in this because he the way he talks to Jerry Krause and the way that. Probably they didn't really show it, but it sounds like Scottie Pippen was really just kind of outright a jerk to him too. I feel bad for the guy. I understand like he probably, oh he yelled him off the bus. Yeah, was, I, yeah. I understand Jerry. Like even if you hate someone that much at work, there is a level of respect that you have to have for those kind of people. I don't know. Just like be a, a well after uh, after winning five championships, you just don't uh, want to be a decent human anymore. Yeah, I, I I bet those guys are a little cocky. But you're you're right. You're right, uh, Matty Ice, with Jerry Krause being shown as a worse guy than he really was because a lot of people that were getting interviewed in the documentary. They all would say, you know, he wasn't a bad guy. He was a really likable guy, really nice guy. The only problem was is he had that short man syndrome where I guess he had a problem with with people, uh, I guess people doubting him or something like that. Or or Jordan and, and Pippen and the Bulls getting too much praise and nobody focusing on him getting the team together. So well, I think that was that was the problem he had. This is this is the real truth that that gets that that they just they gloss over is he was middle management. He was not the owner of the franchise. See, and that's and that's the BS is the I'm, owner of the franchise. I'll be honest, I didn't know who this guy was before the documentary. Right. I didn't even know who he was. Yeah. So I'm sitting here like well, this this makes me uh, see the the Bulls dynasty a whole lot different. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean the 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 I I, I think I think the Bulls owner got a pass and even kind of let them kind of let kind of hung them out to dry. I mean, none of that happens without ownership saying this is what I want to do. Yeah, you know? and, and so and so you know th- th- and and I I felt like the story got rewritten a little bit in those first two episodes because and and I was actually going to college in Chicago for some of the for for a couple of these years when they won you know and so in it where I could hear the news and and the the story at the time was that the owner was ready to to blow it up and start over it wasn't about the GM it was about the owner you know and so I, I thought that that got turned around I mean maybe. It might it, it might work its way out as as the thing goes on. I even thought the owner was disingenuous when he kind of acted like, "Well, I told Scotty, you know." Yeah, I yeah. Scotty, I mean, you know, so I mean, he's taking advantage of Scotty Pippen, and then he's like, "Well, I told Scotty he shouldn't sign that." And I thought, did you really? Did you really tell him in your office before before you you knew you were getting this steal? Yeah, hey, hey, don't sign this contract. I mean, hey, no, but, uh, a documentary that's going to be seen by. I mean, who? I, I want to look up the numbers of how many people watched it on Sunday night. But a documentary that's going to be viewed by that, by I think it actually was six point one million people. They're not gonna, they're not gonna say they did something bad. They're gonna, they're gonna say that they were all in the right and 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 they're all good. So the one thing I took away from this is that when I am Michael Jordan's age, I want to be able to give 
as little care as he does because you you can just tell because he's wearing a a shell necklace in this documentary who who has worn a shell necklace since 2003 and the the confidence he has just to yeah. wear a shell are you kidding me you know I, i'd strive to be like that when i'm whatever 50 60 years old I, hey, and I, I hope to be as big as someone who, talking about Michael Jordan, he beat Patrick Ewing's Georgetown team in the national championship. Patrick Ewing, in his interview, was, was wearing a Georgetown collared shirt with Michael Jordan on the lo- uh, Michael Jordan logo on the collared shirt with it. How, how insane is that? They're putting the guy who beat you in a national championship on your shirt. I hope to be as now, that one day. You guys need to fact which check. Which is very if, slim. You need to fact check if Ewing was on that team, that, that particular Georgetown team. He was. Was, was he? Yeah. I want to see Jerry Reinsdorf kind of get, get his due as the bad guy for breaking this team up instead of like laying it all on Jerry Krause. I think that needs to happen. But but here's the thing, you know, and and I, and I hope this kind of comes to fruition because as much as you love, as magnificent as it is to watch him play, he is the biggest jerk to ever play pro basketball. And and I mean, I will never forget Michael Jordan's Hall of Fame speech. He went down and he talked crap about everyone who had ever done anything for him. He even threw Dean Smith under the bus talking about how Dean Smith held him back. You know what I mean? One of the greatest coaches in, in basketball history. And so, you know, Jordan is extremely unlikable. So I, I'm really looking forward to see how, how, how that plays out. Hopefully we get to see that, you know. I've heard stories from Bill Winnington and Steve Kerr and the guys that had to play with him about how he pushed. But well, he's not a likable dude, you know. Um, hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to hear about potentially – your conspiracy being true or not about the flu game, him not being sick, him just being having a, a massive hangover. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? If they, so I, you know what? That I'll, I heard, be, I'll, I'll cry. I, I well, want. I want him to be sick. <laughs> as I was, as you we, just said, we better that, get some was, royalties for that. Dad better get some royalties for that conspiracy if it comes out. No, because it's a Charles. I, th- I think I heard it in a in a podcast where Charles Oakley was talking about it because Oakley was one of his good friends. Yeah, so I think that's where that story came from. So I, there, oh there are so there are so many great. There's there's just. Um, and the other thing about that team is they were like they were like rock stars. I mean, when they would travel, like like people would be lining the you know as they came in on the bus and and which you know I mean say what you, the Celtics were not really like that. The Lakers were a little bit like that, you know, because of L.A. and because of Magic and yeah. Showtime, but not to this level. Like these guys were rock stars. And so hey, they- but I have a hard time believing your conspiracy even more. After I watched uh, the first two episodes, yeah, because my Michael Jordan, his rookie year, said that he went down uh, to a hotel room or something like that, and all the Bulls players were in there, and they were all doing cocaine and weed, yeah. and had girls in the room, and he said, "No, I don't want to be a part of this." So but then again, that's rookie well, Michael Jordan. Well, it wouldn't, but on. see, but that that you know, there was a, there the NBA had a drug problem. 
And, and I don't think if, – if Jordan had any vices, it wouldn't have been drugs. It would have been gambling. It would have been – Gambling. You know, yeah, out gambling in Vegas or, you know, out playing cards or, you know what I mean, up all night yeah. doing this. Or, you know, there's stories of him playing like 36 holes of golf before a game at night. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I definitely good. believe that because – I would I definitely believe that because – he played golf with uh, Danny Ainge before yeah. a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's insane. Well, and in today's hey, in today's athletic culture, you know, like we're watching the Warriors and the Cavs, and man, there's people, there's there's guys tracking their steps during the day. They're, yeah. they're tracking how much they run during the game. Like they're tracking their carbs that they intake before they go play. Like yeah. back then it was like, hey, let's go play a couple rounds of golf before we go. Yeah. Play. I mean, you can know? you imagine seeing LeBron James? Can you imagine how how bad the media would get on these guys if you saw LeBron James and Steph Curry playing a round of golf before game one of the NBA finals? Well, and so- that's what's I think that's that's what makes this documentary. Because, you know, you're talking about an era where people my age, we could be idiots and there were not cell phones out for everybody to capture the moment, you know, and yeah. especially for public people like that, like, you know, you, you could talk about it, but what are you going to do? Call the paper? You're like, hey, I saw Jordan. They're not going <laughs> to, you know. And, and so, I mean, now today, like if Jordan, if Jordan was out at Vegas at 3 a.m. the night before a game, somebody's got that on their iPhone, you know, and they're posting it on Twitter. You know, I mean, so th- that's what's interesting about this documentary is is it's kind of like the dark ages as far as media. Like you could do dumb crap and nobody would know. And so, yeah. you know, I don't know how much of that we're going to get, uh, but those guys were able to just kind of live their lives and operate in obscurity because people couldn't just photograph them everywhere. It's so different, you know. Um, yeah, I was talking about this on the last pod on the like previous podcast, but. Think about being a player on the 1984 Bulls roster and Jordan just totally throws you under the bus for doing cocaine and all that. And you're sitting with your family watching this Jordan doc, having no idea what to say in this situation. Like, also think about if that was going on today, that would be out like that. Like, and you would be gone. Like, it's just crazy that stuff like that actually went on with professional athletes. Yeah. Especially that's, with the that's way what that makes, you know, that's what makes all the conversations. The fun thing about this, that's what makes all the conversations so hard. We, we, we can't, we just, you can't compare eras, you know, because I mean, there's stories about Larry bird going out and drinking like 15 Budweiser's the night before a playoff game and hanging out at a bar till two smoking Marlboro's, you know what I mean? And then going out and dropping 30 in a playoff game. And, and if you put Larry Bird in 2020 with the athletic training and the, the you know, and I mean, the dude, those guys would go home uh, uh, in the early 80s. They would actually just go home and find a gym to work out in. You know, now these guys have like trainers and facilities and all this stuff. And it's so hard to say, well, you know, what would LeBron be like back then? Well, what can, I, I can't with Jordan's drive. Here's here's why I would always take Jordan over LeBron. You you saw the way he talked. Like he wanted to kill you to step on your throat. And if you gave him access to today's technologies in 2020, like he would 
he would be even fiercer. Like he, he, and, I, I can't even imagine. And, and, and that's interesting because when people say the argument, they just take Michael Jordan from the nineties. They yeah. don't, they don't bring into the conversation. Oh, well, what if you like let Michael Jordan, yeah, get the access to the technology and the athletic trainers of, that LeBron had. I've never thought about it that way. Because if, I, I, I've been a Jordan guy. I'm a Jordan guy when the, yeah. when the conversation comes up. Now, LeBron gets six. I'm picking LeBron. Uh, but we can – I mean, we can have a two-hour well, – he won't get six. It's good. Listen, I, I'm, I'm a – hey. <laughs> Probably not. You know, the, the better conversation to me I, – I, I just don't think LeBron will ever be in the Jordan conversation. The better conversation to me is LeBron and Larry. B- because you take Larry – and you put them – you look at his numbers, there's, there's, they're, they're similar if not better to LeBron's. If you take Larry and you put him in 2020 with all of the – you know, those guys did, just didn't have access to the, to the, the training, to the to – the, just the, all the technology, all the health yeah. knowledge, like all the things guys have now. That's, that's, a, more, that's a more interesting conversation. Well, think about, think about Magic in 2020. Oh, like he would be, I think Magic would be a better player than LeBron in 2020, if you really. That's a that's a better. In fact, that's a better one than than. Larry. I I bring up Larry because they're they, they their numbers are similar as far as rebounding and stuff like that. And then when you look Magic. at Magic, it's like yeah. their play is similar because they're both like six nine or six seven six eight point guards. Yeah. So, I mean, you we could sit here and be like, oh, these players would be. This player would be better if he was in this era, but there's no way to compare that. So you guys have grown up. I mean, you guys are LeBron era. I mean, a little bit of Kobe when you guys were young. Yeah. Mainly, mainly LeBron. But LeBron's era. our guy. Like LeBron. Yeah, that's your – I mean, your NBA generation is mainly LeBron. So, you know, as somebody that's, that's you know, 40s, what did you guys – what do you guys see when you watch the highlights of Jordan? How does that compare to the highlights of this generation? Like, so when you saw those, are they breathtaking? Are you all – are you – or do you think, ah, oh, that's kind of – What I'm most impressed with is Michael Jordan will drop 62 points all mid-range. He, none of it is three-pointers. I think the, the playoff game – against the Celtics every yeah. single shot he didn't sh- he didn't make a single three that game uh, that that's just unheard of in today's game that's that's what I'm most impressed about with Mike with Michael Jordan watching Jordan highlights yeah I I think it's really interesting how different the play ju- like how different basketball looks from then to now like it, it's a completely different game than it was when you look at basketball today there are statistics thrown out that three you should shoot as many three-pointers as you can because statistically, if you shoot more three-pointers in a game, you're going to win. And that's why the Warriors have had so much success because there's statistics to back that up. And then back then, that there wasn't anything like that. It was just roll the balls out and play, really, because there's just so much more technology and all that. The, the 90s, though – uh, I mean, you can you can attest to this, Matty Ice, and and please say something if I'm wrong. But I feel like the '90s, there was no guys where you can, there was there were no guys who when you need a three, you 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 can give it to them. 
Like all the best players in the NBA were mid-range, down on the block, big guys. You got yeah. Barkley, Ewing. Uh, Reggie, you know, Shaq- I think. Well, I mean, I think Reggie, Reggie Miller was Reggie Miller was a guy. Okay, that, that I can you- only think of Reggie from three. But other than that, I mean, I can't think Larry, of anyone who would be if like you took the ten best players. Yeah, Larry, Larry too, but but it wasn't the cornerstone of their game, you know. Like their range wasn't the range. It's not like Steph, where that's his game, his threes, and Clay Thompson and Trey Young and guys like that. Yeah, if I think if you put Trey Young in the right now, put him back in the 1990s, he's the he arguably to be the best player. And if anybody lets him do it, is the problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just the, the just the the, the whole, conceptually the game's different, you know, yeah. and 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 like the what they're trying to do with it, and and uh, um, yeah, but that's I mean, it, if if Steph nobody, Curry if Steph Curry were to play in the '90s, I just don't know if he would be as effective because his style of play wouldn't be accepted. Like he wouldn't be able to pull from '90, like he you know, like he does. He, I don't want to hear and and I I I cannot stand when guys when old guys like me sit there and talk about oh you know guys in today's game don't guard guys in today's game and it ain't like the '90s and the '80s where it was physical and you had to do this listen when when Steph Curry can pull up from 35 that means you got to go guard him out there you know and there's so, guys guys in the '80s and '90s did not have to did not have to cover 90 feet and so. The, the guys in today's league have to be in better shape. They have to play much better defense. The, the defense the defense has to be more complicated. There's so much more pressure put on all five guys on the floor. You know, in the 80s and 90s, you just didn't have guys that could – the floor was not spread out. You know, it, which makes jo- – what Jordan does, to Matt, Maddie, to your point – Even more impressive. Yeah, because the lane is packed. Like, they're like, we're yeah. going to keep you out of lane. He's like, no, I'm coming. <laughs> no. I mean, the one – I think the one play where – I don't know if it, uh, the, the, if they showed the dunk on Ewing. I mean, that's one of the most breathtaking dunks I've ever seen in a playoff game. I cannot remember in, in modern NBA – I'm talking about the last decade in the NBA – a dunk in the playoffs that was impressive as Jordan turning the corner in the baseline and just dunking it on Patrick Ewing. Like, yeah. one of the best shot blockers in the league at the time. So, I mean, that's, that, that's what makes Jordan – Unbelievable. But then, unbelievable. I'm I'm also sitting here thinking that guys like Bill Cartwright wouldn't even be relevant in the NBA today because the big man's kind of getting pushed out of the game a little bit. And it's just crazy to think about how different like you comparing the two eras is just completely different because of the the style of plays. So I I think when you look at the nineties, it's like the big men like Bill Cartwright, they were even talking about in the documentary how important he was for that Bulls team. And then when you look at basketball today, it's when when you look at the Warriors, I mean, Draymond Green is kind of – I would say he's a small – four. I, I would put him at a small forward, and he's really their big man. So it's just completely different style yeah. of basketball. Yeah. It's fun. So the one thing they'll 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 continue, I think, tomorrow night to talk to talk to Bill Winnington, who was one of the centers for the for the Bulls. I think they had a rotation of centers this year, the the the, the last dance year, the last championship. Uh, 
but it also, it made for one of the funniest because back in the day, let me tell you about back in the day, fellas, back in the day, we couldn't get on Twitter to get the highlights. We had to wait for sports center. And so, you know, I was in college at the time when the bulls were winning all this. And I was up in Kankakee, Illinois at Olivet university playing basketball up there. And, uh, so we would like 11 PM turn on sports center to see the highlights. And so Bill Wennington could just kind of a so-so center. Noah, like you're right. He probably, if he made it in the league right now, he'd just come in and rebound a little bit. And that's kind of what he did. They're playing a game and we're watching the highlights and Stuart Scott is calling the highlights. He's doing the highlight package mm -hmm. and the bulls are winning this game. And Bill Wennington just goes off. Like he's hitting like jumpers from, you know, the free throw line and layups. And he ends up like scoring a whole bunch of points. And uh, Stuart Scott has a great line. He's, he's calling the highlight package and he's like, you can't stop Bill Winnington. You can only hope to contain him. You no, know, it was just, and it was great. Cause you got Jordan and Pippen and, you know, he's obviously making fun of Bill Winnington, but I thought about that when I saw him talking on the, uh, the last dance documentary the other day, but a lot of good, a lot of good stuff to get to on that. And, and I really, I really want to see, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, apparently there's footage of that really captures what a jackass Mike was to play with. I mean, I want to see that. Like, doesn't everyone – I want to see that. So, I, I thought this documentary was so interesting and because it shows how much Kobe just tried to replicate exactly what Michael did. Well, because me and Matt kind of got to see at least the, the last six or so years of Kobe's career. I mean, I don't think we – we, did, we didn't really – obviously, we didn't see him in his, like – in, in, in his early championships with Shaq but when everything that like all the documentaries and everything we watch on Kobe it sounds like the same things that we're seeing in this Jordan doc where he was literally trying to do what Michael did and completely replicate it and even his his play on the basketball court and off the basketball court well I think one of the things that hurts Kobe is just how similarly he even moves to Mike like, like when he, like the moves that he makes with the ball, like he, 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 uh, he copied Mike to a T, you know? And I think that's all I think, I think for, for guys my age, that hurt, that hurt Kobe, you know? I mean, now the, it, the, the people that love Kobe are in between y'all's age and my age. They're like the millennial group, you know, they love Kobe, you know? And, uh, because they, they didn't see Mike play as much. I don't think because for us, we were like, he's just, he looks just like Mike. Like he, he tries to play like Mike. And it was, I think that took away a little bit. The, that kind of took away from Kobe for me, I guess, a little bit. Especially, I mean, hey, especially I, when he goes up at the rim. Yeah. I mean, it's like a copycat photograph. Yeah. It's scary. It is. Well, and his, and his, and his little back down yeah. jumper, fadeaway jumper, it's, that's Michael. Like that's late era Michael Jordan. Like he developed that late in his career, you know, and, and uh, he, he just, I mean, which, as a basketball person, you've got to say, man, I mean, that, that, that should speak volumes about Kobe's, you know, willingness to just, you know, go after that stuff. And, but at the time, I think it hurt him, you know. I think it hurt his popularity. And, and you know, obviously, you know, that's one thing about, you know, this, this, this thing, that the whole Kobe tragedy has kind of been lost with all the other, all the tragedy going on you know, right now. And, and, and it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to think about, um, to think about how 
I, I think he's got a documentary like this. I mean, I think, I think, you know, the, yeah. the run with him and Shaq, where there's a, well, I already, I already saw something where apparently a camera crew was allowed to film his last season. So, so yeah, uh, I, I would not be surprised if 10, 15 years down the road, we see a, a, a trailer for a Kobe documentary. So there's, I mean, there's the one, the other thing that I want to see out of this is uh, if we get a little bit of a glimpse of, you know, Phil Jackson to me has always, um, you know, great coach, but he, he's got a big ego. And I, I think he, I think he was part of the problem too there in Chicago at the end, you know? And so um, uh, that's well, going to be. You, he's one of the best coaches of all time, but yeah. I never want to see him have a front office job ever again. After oh. what he did with the New York Knicks. Uh, you, there are a I lot mean, of terrible. there are a lot of like people like obviously you can't argue with the amount of championships that he has, but you also gotta think he had two of the best duos of all time in Kobe and Shaq and Jordan and Pippen when he won those championships. And there is like a debate where how much does an NBA coach like I know they play a big role, but like how down, big of a like role do they play? Like do down the stretch, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, I think I, the guys the guys that are good at it though are guys like Jackson who played in the league and understand and what you know yeah. Jackson played for the Knicks in his career and played around great players and kind of understood how to talk to guys. And I think that's I think that's the advantage. And it's not just play. You know, the advantage Steve Kerr has is he won championships. And he played with a Michael, and he managed those personalities. And I think that gives him an advantage over other guys in the league as a coach because he was – I mean, he was in that position. He, he knows how they – and I think they just they, – they, they're ego managers. You know what I mean? Like, I, it, uh, That's really what it is. Hey, yeah. do you think we get a LeBron, Kobe, or Warriors Dynasty documentary first? So – here here's my here's my opinion on it and i also don't mean to repeat what i said on the last podcast again but i'm gonna say so there's no doubt in my mind we get a jordan doc that's a 10-part series or um, a lebron doc that's a 10-part series just like this when when hargrove when you and me are dad's age when we're like 80 and pushing it and almost you know we're 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 the old guys can i just say something yeah as a I think the LeBron doc that's completely just clean and like marketing managed and all LeBron's people involved, he's going to be so jealous of this Jordan thing. This thing's rolling out like next year. Like it's, Oh yeah. It's going to be all access, but his people are going to produce it. What's his, his, I think his production company is called Spring Hill movie productions. Oh, it's coming fast. Like he, 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 I I think LeBron 100% is like, hey, film crew, 100% access. Come, go ahead, come into like whatever part of my life you want to see. And I think the the second he retires is when they start putting it together. And I think we get it much sooner than 20 years from now. But yeah, I mean, look. LeBron. Because seeing how successful the Jordan documentary is. Oh, yeah. No, number one, I just want to say LeBron is a 100% better person than Michael Jordan. LeBron is probably the best overall character athlete that there has ever been, at his, especially at his level. What has LeBron ever done that has 
like been has been a wrong move. I the only thing you could ever say was the decision. Everything else, he had he married his high school sweetheart. He is a great dad, and you you could list everything. Like he doesn't mess up as far as socially when all eyes are on him. So LeBron, I in my opinion, is the perfect athlete. Like how you can present yourself. So I think hit. That being said, I think his doc is going to come out right when he retires. Because I know after this Jordan doc, he's like, all right, give me – you guys have full access. Get all the footage you need. Let's do this thing. Sorry, you were cutting out a little bit. Did you guys get me at all? No, you were – that whole thing broke up really bad. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Can you all hear me at all? He's frozen. He drank so much wine he can't move. <laughs> Can you guys hear me? Hey, I yeah, no. I can hear him now. Okay, hey, you know what I was about to say. You know what I was about to say. I was what? about to say uh, to your dad. Yeah, I I know he's getting a little tipsy because he said on the on the podcast. Unbelievable. So you're <laughs> gonna on. have to put you're gonna have to put like you're gonna have to put rated mature because of your mouth, Noah Litton. Your, hey, your grandma would be so ashamed. Hold on. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you get we any were, of that? We were did just talking get, about how. Hey, did you guys get any of that? Because it was great. Content. We heard a little bit of it. Yeah, we no, heard we a little were, bit. No, we it. were talking about you because you were frozen. Okay. Well, it was great content. Well, hey, I, I, I thanks for having the old guy on. I always enjoy hearing you guys talk about this stuff, and I wanted to hear what you had to say about the the documentary. I, I'm thankful it's on without live sports. It gives us something to get excited about on Sunday nights, but. I know this is a closeout basketball podcast, and I tell you what I'm excited about. I'm a, here in this great state of Tennessee. Um, things are opening back up in the next week, and you know what that means? Uh, that Noah Litton is going to get his boot off. Um, have you guys told the story about how he tried to block my shot? In our I think, yeah, I think we have. I, I uh, think you should tell it from your perspective. From my perspective, um, I was making a move to the basket. Um, and we were winning the game weren't we I mean yeah but like yeah. <laughs> I mean so but here's the key that nobody wants to talk about is obviously so we've got this three-on-three game going and and uh and me and me and Matt are on the same team we're playing Noah uh Noah and the Litton brothers and, and we're winning and this game would have put us over the top this win and I'm driving yeah. And I see you coming. I see Matt coming down the lane, but then I see no, and so I I try and to go up. So so I send a. Shit. That's basically what happened. See, your grandma will be so disappointed <laughs> in your mouth. But here's the thing: was it a block? Was yes. it the wind caught it? We don't oh, know. Oh my! We God. don't have replay review. How are you guys taking this block away from me? If we if we had what? replay was... review, then we would we would have uh, me and Matty Ice's alley oop. On oh my god all right dad finish so, finish your story this yeah because this is how first of all i was always taught to go hard to the basket not worry about getting blocked but i was not <laughs> i i was not uh my uh my late 40 year old but i was not going up for a shot i was trying to throw an alley-oop to maddie ice so he could dunk it <laughs> and you blocked that alley-oop out of bounds i sent it, it. Can we all just – I just wanted on the podcast. I they sent blocked it. Continue. Look, you wouldn't It would have gone up get, in the cheap seats. You wouldn't even get a, you wouldn't even get a, a deflection stat for that. 
if, if I was But coaching. my hand hit the ball, and it went up to the top row. It went out of bounds. Those people who paid $7 for the tickets to come watch us in the very top caught it. And you, <laughs> and, and you let your ego get in the way of what was best <laughs> for your team. So you, you hurt your – you've been in a boot. So, anyway, the, the exciting thing, though, is Matty Ice, Tennessee's opening back up. Noah Litton is getting his, uh, uh, getting his boot off, and we are going to get the three-on-three game going again. So, oh, yeah. What we what the last thing we need? And this time we're taking no prisoners. No, nope, no. Nope, <laughs> the nope. the last thing we need, and I'm sorry because I'm are like I'm I'm kind of rooting against Matty Ice, Matt, the the young Matty Ice's success. So Matthew Hargrove is supposed to go go to Wyoming to call minor league baseball games. Oh, it might get canceled. Uh, summer college baseball games. Okay, summer whatever. Summer different. college baseball. You I I haven't really figured out what exactly you're calling yet summer college baseball it's it it might get canceled which means that we would get a summer series which is bigger than anything in our professional careers at all like nobody cares if Matthew is calling baseball games what's important is this series so I'm I'm trying to get my ankle right but I'm trying to get my ankle right Stephen Carter is at home rehabbing his hips I don't even know what he's rehabbing uh, now Stephen Carter needs to understand when he needs to pass the, the me the ball, <laughs> and we need to talk about that a little bit. We need to talk about when I'm open, Stephen needs to pass me the ball. So we're we're gonna have a team meeting about that, Matthew. Well, Harper. the question is the question is though we may be in the clear because I heard that Noah Litton, so he is getting his boot off, but the decision is I don't know if he wants to like take it off he may want to keep it on because management's not wanting to pay him so he may want to keep it on for a little bit and sit out some games little jerry ryan even though he can come back yeah Yeah. so i don't know we may be just playing eli if if, look we he is no noah is scotty to uh to eli's michael (laughs) absolutely absolutely guys i think we're forgetting the 30 that i'm dropping in these games <laughs> now, I think, that was dennis rodman i think we're forgetting the dominant force that noah Litton is in the paint I, uh, I, i'll take dennis rodman it's fine i sent dennis rodman want to send, send dad stuff up in the cheap seats just like me. i i will say i will say that that as a as as an end of game observer at my age um the, the the when we get to game point it's uh for all the podcast listeners out there, it's these two guys going after each other really hard. Uh, hey, I'll, I will say this, you though. Got, you got to give the – well, me and Matt are the two absolute just studs on the floor. I mean, we're beasts. Like, yeah, we're you so can't good. really argue against it. Uh, but I'll, I'll say this. When we <laughs> – we're going to have to, like – we may have to only do, like, three-game series when we first go back because I don't, know. I don't know we've had like a month off and yeah and i don't i don't know about maybe three you've games. had a month off i've been training yeah I don't, I, I, I don't i don't take any days off i'm gonna be ready for my 12 game series see i live that i live that 80s basketball life i go and smoke cigars and drink <laughs> beers at the bars and then i come back and drop 30 points Matt, but i don't gonna, know if Matt, <laughs> towards we, the end of the game i'll be good to go matt we can't give them hope we can't give them hope we gotta crush them Okay, uh, I, then I'm all in. I'm on the training. So Four, hey, five hey, mile run tomorrow. Hey, fellas, couple things. Uh, 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 thanks to my son Noah's mouth, you probably need to put "not safe for work" on the uh, on the thing, and, and and or at least not safe for grandma to listen to. <laughs> yeah. So, 
You know what's that? Just stick to the yeehaws. You won't curse him with the yeehaws. My sweet grandma is the biggest fan of this podcast and repost it every time. So I can't believe I let wine get the better of my mouth for this podcast. I can, but. Oh, yeah, maybe. (laughs) All right. Hey, thanks for having me on, fellas. Yeah. Thank you, Matty Ice. Thank you guys so much for listening. You know what? What? I, I wanted to ask you guys this. I think we do a Sunday night or early Monday uh, Jordan Doc review. And we just have us three do the review. And then me and Matt can do a separate episode throughout the week with other stuff. So yeah, if, we y'all, can. if y'all are because, interested in I mean, Matt, this is going – I, I promise you this is going to be the longest uh, episode in closeout podcast history. Yeah, we're at an hour and 50 minutes. If you wanted to start. Hey, right? I, have a feeling, I have a feeling tomorrow night's going to give us a lot to talk about if you guys want to do that. Yeah, so bit. we will be back sooner than you know. Thank you guys so much for listening. Follow us on everything. I'm not even going to get into it. Just search the closeout. Uh, (laughs) And we'll be back really fast, like probably tomorrow or the next day.